Hey, everybody, Dr. Ellen here, the Midlife Whisperer. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. I am thrilled that you are here because we just have a fabulous show. I have been looking forward to this show for quite a while. I have a dear friend, and we're going to be talking all about loving the body that you are in because summer is almost here. We're like a couple weeks away from summer, and gosh, don't miss out on summer because you don't love the body that you're in. So if you're like struggling with body image, I am here to say we are here to help you. Uh, my, my guest and I are going to really inspire you to put on that one piece, that two piece, get to the pool, get to the beaches and have some fun. Cause you know, midlife, one of the big challenges we have is that our bodies are always changing. I don't know a midlife woman out there who isn't like, oh my God, what happened to my waistline? My hormones are all over the map. You know, you're feeling bloated and you know, your confidence can be low and why you may be tempted to be like, I'm going to go on one of those cockamamie fad diets and starve myself to the point where I want to eat my dog, right? Because you're so hungry or just do those soul crushing workouts. Today's show is really going to help you to transform that mindset. Because body image has nothing to do with your body. I'm always amazed at, you know, these women that we, you know, esteem, the dancers, the models, the actresses who have, you know, you're feeling blown. Body image, body image has nothing to do with your body. It's all about your mind and how you see yourself. And the solution is simple. Love the body that you are in. And my guest is the beautiful Kat Napolitano, and she is a health and wellness coach specializing in helping women find self-love and self-confidence through fitness and nutrition, no matter what their size. Plus, I'll be sharing in a few moments the secret to transforming your body image at midlife. And the answer is going to surprise you. I know it surprised me. It's not about eating less and exercising more. So it's going to be a fabulous show. Want to let you know, if you want to connect with me, you can just go to the midlifewhisperer.com. That's the midlifewhisperer.com. If you are enjoying the show, please leave me a review. It helps other women find the show so that they can transform and rock their midlife too. So before I bring on Kat, I'm going to talk a little bit about body image. You know, First of all, the negative body image doesn't go away at midlife. So again, the body image is the way you perceive your body, what you see when you look in the mirror, when you go into that dressing room with the bad lighting, you put that bathing suit on and you think, oh my gosh, you're looking right to those things, those perceived flaws. The body image is all in your head. It's about how you perceive your body, how it looks, how it feels, you're, uh, you know, comparing yourself to other people. There's a lot of factors here and it's really complicated, especially for those of us who are over 40, over 50, partially because we are taught that the most important thing about us is our looks. And I'm here to say that is total BS, but that is what we are taught. And so if it's the most important thing about you, we're also taught, the media tells us that you've got to be young and you've got to be thin. And if you're not those two things, then you're not okay. And it's the most important thing about you. Well, if you're not those things, you're going to feel bad about yourself. And this was a huge revelation for me when I was just, you know, this dietitian, this fitness trainer trying to make everybody super skinny, I realized the media wants you to feel bad about your body so that they can sell you all of their BS solutions, which do not work. If you felt good about yourself, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to take care of this amazing body, these 32 trillion cells that keep me alive every day. This body that like has walked, you know, millions of steps. And maybe if you've had kids has delivered these amazing children. And I know for me, I have gone through, oh my God, this body has gotten me through two childbirths. It's gotten me through blindness, divorce, breast cancer. And I'm I'm still standing and rocking it. My body feels amazing, even with these challenges. But, you know, we're taught by the media that we've got to be a certain way. And then we go, you know, onto social media or we pick up a fashion magazine. And when we don't see women who look like us, we're like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Even it's, it's very subconscious. We're subconsciously comparing ourselves to those images that we see. And if we don't have that perfect body, whatever that means, we don't feel good about ourselves. So just to know that the media really wants you to feel bad so they can sell you those solutions. So that's the first thing. How you look is not the most important thing about you. And, you know, as Kat's going to explain in a few minutes, 
Your family and friends don't care. They just want you to be out there having fun, being joyful, feeling good. And it's so much more important, I think, for a big flip that we can make anytime, but particularly at midlife, be much more focused on how our body feels and how it functions and how our health and our fitness level is. You know, as our estrogen goes down, yes, we may be getting a little bit more of um, a weight gain around the midline, but also bone density is going down and muscle density can go down. And so we have to work it, right? We have to feel good about our bodies and do the strength training. If you're watching, you know, got my muscle mass going on here. That's like one of my goals is as I'm aging to age well, I was talking to my physician the other day and he's like, push the protein and push the strength because I don't want to be that little old lady who's hunched over and doesn't have the muscle mass, can't put their bags up when you're traveling, all of those things. So I'm really focused on pushing how heavy I'm lifting and, you know, doing a lot of things to push my body because we lose that muscle mass. I think we lose like 1% every year after like age 50, that estrogen going down and same thing with the bones. So we need to eat more protein. We need to make sure we're getting enough calcium. We need to do that strength training and we need to really focus on feeling good and taking care of our bodies. Cause when we don't like the way our body looks, we don't like our bodies and then we don't want to take care of our bodies. Right. We don't, you know, we want to do the opposite. We maybe we'll start getting, you know, disordered eating where we go on cockamamie diets and we get hungry and then we binge eat. You got to get off the cycle and love your body. And it really um, goes deeper than just loving your body. I'm going to share like um, gosh, I would say almost two decades ago, I was a personal fitness trainer. So I was that woman, you know, in the front of the room with the 220 pound dumbbells, doing the squats, lifting them up over my head, like telling everybody, let's go. But my body image was so negative. I think my body fat percentage was probably like, you know, 12, 13%. Um, I was working out four to six hours a day with all my clients, thinking that if I ate less, I worked out more, then I would love my body. And more important, I would love myself. And it never got there. I was on this crazy hamster wheel. And my clients, we were all the same way. We were like, oh my God, I hate my body. And we would point to our abs and be like, what's the most important pack? thing? You know, I don't have the guns. And it was just such a load of crap. And what happened to me is, I was getting my PhD in psychology and I did this big 180. I realized this whole piece about the media, that the media wants you to feel bad about your body. So you buy their stuff. And I realized that. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I've got to figure out a way, an intervention that will really help women to feel better about their bodies and themselves you know, something that would be better than just lifting dumbbells. Now, certainly exercise lifting weights is great for your body image. You can, you know, really like your body more as you see yourself getting fitter and healthier. But what my research showed is I actually uh, did an intervention with self-compassion, nothing to do with diet or exercise. I recruited 500 women from all over the world. Half of them listened to self-compassion meditations um, and half of them were in the control group. And what my research showed is that practicing self-compassion for just an hour a week for three weeks, reduced body shame, reduced body dissatisfaction, reduced that uh, self-worth based on appearance that I was talking about, that the most th important thing about you is your looks, reduced that and improved body appreciation. So if you're like, oh my gosh, how do I improve my body image? My advice for you is to practice self-compassion. The simplest way to do that is just be nice to yourself. <laughs> Treat yourself the way you would a good friend. Take that walk, go to the gym, take that dance class, not because you hate your body, but because you love yourself and you want to be there for yourself. You want to be healthy, you know, eat that salad. And frankly, I think salads taste really great. My man is this master gardener and I literally go to the backyard these days and just like graze through the garden, which is so fun, but because it tastes good. It, when I eat healthy food, my body is just, I can feel the cells when I make that green smoothie, right? I throw the kale in and the berries and the protein powder and I drink that. My body is just like, wow, thank you, Ellen. This feels so good. It doesn't mean that you don't, you know, have that cocktail, eat that cake. You can have everything, 
as Kate's going to, Kat's going to explain to us, nothing is off limits. You know, you've got to enjoy your life, enjoy your food and keep everything in balance, but practice self-compassion. You can also do these self-compassion meditations. If you want more information about that, just go ahead and reach out to me at the midlifewhisper.com and I will like give you some ideas on how to start practicing self-compassion. But I promise you, it will change your life and your body image because you don't have to go through your life hiding, you know, and not enjoying summer fun. Summer is so short for a lot of us who live like in the Northeast. It's only, you know, a couple of short months. So I'm going to bring on Kat now because I know she's got so much to share and she is just so beautiful, so inspirational. We actually met, Kat reached out to me via Instagram and I was so um, chuffed to work with her and uh, present to her group. She's got incredible resources. She runs groups specifically for women who really want to be inspired, who want that accountability, who want that knowledge, who want that inspiration to really um, be on track. And I was uh, I was doing a little research about her. What I didn't realize is that she's got a lot of titles. She is a fitness instructor. She's been a choreographer, a stockbroker, a dancer, a cheerleader, a cheerleading coach, a brand ambassador, an entertainment producer, an influencer, and a dance teacher. In 2020, she had the time to devote herself full-time to coaching and inspiring others. And she's built an amazing business, which she's going to tell us more about as well. And these days, she's rocking midlife as a health and wellness coach, specializing in helping women find self-love and self-confidence through fitness, nutrition, no matter what their size. So welcome to Rock Your Midlife, Cat. I am thrilled to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Ellen. You know, I just adore you. And the minute I found you on Instagram, I was like, I love her. I love your energy. I love your message. Of course, you know, my entire group jumped in and read your book all together, which was so great for all of us. And we just line up on so many levels. And so thank you very much for having me here. I'm super excited. Oh, my pleasure. And, you know, I love Instagram too, because it gives so much space where we can see normal bodies, not these Photoshop perfection images, you know, are just 20s and 30 somethings, but like women who look real. Like for me, I've got a lot of scars these days. You know, I've had two kids, I've had a couple of surgeries. And so it's just great that we can all support each other. But I want to start off and just share your story because I mean, I love that. If, if you're not following Kat on Instagram, your, uh, your um, handle on Instagram is Cat underscore Napolitano. Really okay. long last name. That's my husband's fault, but it's, it's spelled like it sounds. <laughs> so follow her because you do share your story, which is really pretty intense. So tell us a little bit about how you transformed your body, where you're at and how you got to where you are now. Perfect. I'll try to make it as short as possible. Um, I am currently 56 years old and as it's, you know, Ellen alluded to, my name is Cat, but it's like I've had over nine lives. I've been very fortunate <laughs> to do many things in my life from stockbroker and everything. I started, I'll start kind of when I was in my teens and in young twenties, I was a dancer, um, a dancer and a choreographer. Uh, I worked out, of course, dancing eight hours a day, Saturday, eight hours a day, Sunday. And I'm going to kind of keep this focused on body image and kind of where my body was at. And so, you know, I was super lean. I, I could eat anything I wanted at any time. Matter of fact, I couldn't eat enough to keep the pounds on because I was dancing so much. Um, and super shredded and not eating healthy. I want to say that as well. Like, you know, it was junk food and all the things and eating whatever. Um, anyway, fast forward, I was a choreographer for the Miami Heat Dancers, which was oh, amazing. Wow. That's the NBA team that most people just saw going to the championships. And I was in a great place in my life, but not really happy and wanted to move to LA. So I moved to Los Angeles very fortunately met my amazing husband very quickly and then knew that I wanted to move from this dancer lifestyle into something more structured and became a producer, which meant I sat down. I was now no longer a dancer. I was the producer. So I was hiring the dancers, which means that uh, my bad eating habits and drinking habits didn't change. But my fitness changed completely, obviously went to pretty much zero. And the stress of being a live entertainment producer is insane. It is absolutely in the top 10 of the most stressful jobs almost every year. So I just kept eating and my body got bigger and bigger. Now, here's something I don't know if you know, Ellen, but I have been in over 50 fitness videos in the background. Um, and so this producer loved me and as my body got bigger and bigger, she kept to be in these videos. And she called me the attainable body. 
And I loved that. I was like, great. But I would only work out once a year with makeup on in front of a camera. That was basically what I was doing. And my body was getting bigger and bigger. I had my beautiful daughter, Charlotte, and I never lost the weight. I finally hit a point where my body was the biggest it had ever been. I was starting to struggle to get up a flight of stairs, wow. bending over to tie my shoes. And you know what? Um, I finally just put my foot down and said, I really don't want this kind of life later in my life. And I knew I needed to make a change. That's when I dove into my fitness, my nutrition, and then became a coach, a health and wellness coach, because I really wanted to represent the attainable body. I wanted to represent women of all different sizes, all different ages that could really understand now taking care of your body, health, fitness, wellness, mindset, as you know, is so vital. But right now I feel great. I feel fantastic. My goal is not to be a size two, but my goal is absolutely to be in love with my body right here, right now to help other women gain self-love and self-confidence and rock their midlife along with you. So that's kind of my story. Wow. That's really an amazing story. And it's so important because, you know, I find so many women, if they can't be that size two or even like a six or an eight, that's their goal. And that not, might not be what is physiologically possible. I mean, it's kind of like, would you tell a great Dane to become a Chihuahua? You know, and that was a big revelation for me because I always had this idea like, well, if you, it was just about calories in, calories out, and anybody could be, you know, a size six if they worked hard enough. But the reality of it is, particularly as we're going through med- midlife and metabolism is ratcheting down and we've got a ton of stress, ton of things we're juggling around work-life balance that it's, you know, it's not, it's not feasible. And all of those magazines will say, yeah, you can get down and you can do that. And my other question is why? Because I look at you and I see you're beautiful, right? And everybody can be beautiful. And it's really about being healthy. And I, so I love what you do. Because you know, if you take somebody, let's say somebody is at 250 and they get down to 180, 200, they're going to be so much healthier then, you know, you've got so many people who are like, you know, at an, uh, at a right weight and are trying to get down to the size six, eight, we need to stop this insanity. So if someone's listening and they, you know, I know there's a lot of sort of, um, we, we really beat ourselves up. I find with a lot of my clients, they don't even want to touch the transformation because they failed so many times. They feel like, you know, I can't get to that perfect size. I don't even want to start. So the woman who's listening, if you're listening out there, you're thinking, Oh my God, I'm so, I've let myself go so much that every time I start to go down this road or even think about it, I feel so guilty that I just want to like, you know, have a threesome with Ben and Jerry's. What do you, (laughs) what do you say to them? How do we start? Well, first and foremost, um, you know, you, you touched on it earlier and it's the comparison game, right? So I love Instagram too. I love all our social media outlets, but a lot of times, you know, this industry is selling us this idea to compare ourselves to these unrealistic bodies, to compare ourselves to other bodies. So step one is we're going to start, stop comparing ourselves to any other body. Yours is the only body, but here's the next step, ladies. Let's stop comparing ourselves to our 20 year old body. We can't, we have to be able to be in a space where we love ourselves right here, right now. And I think so many people fail at health and wellness and fitness and nutrition because they come at it in a negative way. They come at it because I hate my body. I hate where I'm at right now. I'm disappointed in myself. I have to make this change. And when you start there, you're starting already in a failure mindset because the idea is I want, and what I really want us all to work on always is I am taking care of myself because I love my body. We have to love ourselves knowing that we're moving forward, progressing to a healthier, better life, and that it will take effort and it will take time, but that's okay. We're going to learn to love the work of that process, but we're going to start by loving ourselves. And one of my favorite sayings is mindset is a muscle. It is not like you can just turn it on and that's it. You know, Ellen, I know you work on it every day. I work on it every single day. I rework that mindset every single day to continually try to get rid of negative thoughts, negative self-talk, and to remind myself that I am just working to be the best me I can be, and that's all I can do. The best me I can be every day is all I can do, and I'm going to love myself for doing that, and I'm going to continue on the fitness, nutrition, health mindset because I love myself, not because I hate myself and where I'm at right now. 
Yeah, that's, that's so important too. And, and, you know, the, the medical industry doesn't do us any favors. I mean, when you look at the research around how doctors and other medical uh, people shame people and you get on that scale and people are, you know, women are feeling so, uh, so stressed. So, um, that's really a good point. Mindset is everything, but I would say it doesn't mean that you, you can't keep your mind on the positive channel all the time. What you have to do is, when you have a negative thought, when you look in the mirror and you think, oh my God, how did I let myself go? You reach for a different thought, right? You reach for a thought like, um, you know, okay, I'm like you said, I'm doing the best that I can. My body, and you're thinking about as long as you are like breathing and and walking, you're there's more going right in your body than not. And you know, um, the other thing too, is we talked about it earlier too, Ellen, but you know, there's only one person who gives a crap what size you look like in your bathing suit. It's you. You're the only one. Like, literally, your kids want you in the pool. They want you at the beach. They want you creating memories. So it's kind of a perfect segue. You know, I just went, I, I had a little minor surgery. I was not able to work out for six weeks. I was feeling horrible, bloated, and fat, and we were going to Greece. You know, I just got back from Greece. And what's the first thing you're going to do? Put on a bathing suit. And I had two options, guys. One was to put the bathing suit on, be miserable or not get in the pool and drag my amazing family vacation down to this horrible level or just understand, like, put the bathing suit on, you know, have the drinks, do the food, have a good time. And you know what? I am so glad I did because I would have robbed my family of this amazing vacation. I would have robbed myself of all these amazing memories just because of some stupid idea that I didn't look right in a bathing suit. And so we really need to realize that really the people who surround you and love you, they really don't care. <laughs> You're yeah. the one with that hang up and that's what you got to work through. Yeah. And so we have a question here from Jennifer. She wants to know how to lose the muffin top shape. So what I want to say to Jennifer is the way the weight loss works, because we, we have to have a conversation about weight loss. We're not saying here, eat whatever you want. Don't move your body. Thank We're you. saying to like, you know, you've got to do this on a daily basis. And I, I, I don't even really want to use the word exactly work. I like to work out. I'm, I've always been a jock, but I move my body Ooh. for a minimum of an hour every single day. I lift weights you know, three, four times a week. I do yoga, I do all the things and I eat a really healthy diet. So we're saying, you know, it's okay to want to transform your body to a reasonable place. So in terms of the muffin top, from my perspective is the weight always comes off the last place it went on. So like usually... I think we, I don't know where we gain the weight first, but sort of it'll, you know, you've got, you've got to, you know, kind of go into deficit. I will say what you know, the research, my experience really shows is that there's no amount of spot exercise you can do to get rid of that muffin top. The muffin it doesn't top, exist. Actually, yeah. spot reduction is doesn't work. It doesn't exist at all. It's just right. not even possible. So. so it's about, you know, if that's the last place that you put on weight, that's the first place it's going to come off. I would say the middle issue is is a couple fold. Certainly when the, the changes in menopause are causing more of a weight gain around the midsection, but that weight gain around the midsection also stress plays a huge role in that because when we're stressed out, our bodies create cortisol our appetite increases and fat deposition comes around the middle. And it's the main thing you want to think about at the muffin top is it's not, it's the least healthy place to put the weight on. So we think about the apple shape versus the pear shape. The pear shape where the weight is on your hips and thighs is, is actually a healthy place. It's not metabolically active. Whereas the weight that's going around your midsection is also doing things like raising your cholesterol, inter interfering with, you know, insulin levels, things like that. So you want to make sure you know, certainly that you are, you know, eating a healthy whole food plant-based diet. You're eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full. So you're not, you know, overdoing the calorie calories. You're certainly moving your body, you know, getting that cardio as well as the strength training is super important because that's going to keep the muscle mass on, which is going to keep your metabolism up. Um, and then also keeping stress under control and also trying to keep your blood sugar level under control because that when, when you eat a lot of sugar and also alcohol, what happens is that your insulin level go up, that's telling your body to take that extra calories and turn them into fat. And again, if you're sort of stressed out, that's going to happen around the midsection. So I would say an intermittent fasting has also been shown. If you don't have disordered eating, I always kind of, you know, always kind of want to put a caveat there. You've got a history of disordered eating or eating disorders, you know, you don't want to do that intermittent fasting thing. But I mean, it's in general is really good if you're going through menopause to, it's good in general, just to, because you're, you're, 
gut needs time to to reset and to clear things away. So if you can sort of be on a, I like to, if I can, to only have an eight hour eating window. So it's intermittent fasting, more whole food plant-based where you're eating, you know, not not staying away from refined carbohydrates and processed foods, um, and then trying to keep the stress under control. Do you have anything to add to the muffin top? <laughs> Probably a seven hour conversation that both you and I can have about that, right? But, you know, um, one thing I want to say is that you want to make sure that your goals are meeting your actions. You know, I think a lot of people don't start on a health and wellness journey because they feel overwhelmed. Like I'm going to go into this total deprivation. I'm never going to eat food I love. I'm going to have to exercise 800 hours a day. I hate exercising, you know, and the reality is it's small changes. It doesn't happen overnight. So it's about making small changes all the time. And, you know, there is a balance in that. Like there is still a way to go on vacation and have some food you love. Like, um, I love wine. So, you know, everyone laughs at my, in my groups, but it, it's very different how I go on vacation. Now it used to be vacation was that, you know, the gate would open and I would just down and gorge every kind of food I could find that by the way, is not body positivity. That is not self-love, right? So it's self-sabotage. So where we start working is that mindset of understanding, okay, I call it plan to party. There is a way to do it and find the balance in it, but really, you know, it, it's not something you haven't heard before, right? It's fitness, nutrition, mindset, and motivation, and the time, and right? So those are the basics. That is the only way to get your body to move into a, a place of health and wellness. And that conversation should always be about not skinniness, but health, right? How is our body going to serve us the best way possible for quality of life? quality of life, right? So, and that your goals for what you want your body to look like have got to be realistic, right? They have to be realistic. And if you do want your body to change, you have to do the action. You have to take action and it's not going to be overnight. I always tell people when they start with me, I hope you like me because you're stuck. <laughs> this is not a four week program, people, you know, it's years. So uh, yeah, you've got to be patient, take the long view. And I would say too, that in terms of your goals, I think about the transformation that you want in terms of the scale and how you look as an outcome, because you don't have control over that. I have worked with hundreds of people in real life and, and, you know, and I've seen people, and I believe them that they're really taking good care of themselves but focus on, like you said, can I get up those stairs? Can I tie my shoe? You know, I love when people have fitness goals around an activity. I've worked with a lot of people who are like, I'm going to go climb Mitsubishi, right? I'm going to go on that hundred mile bike trek. I'm going to get in shape for that marathon, that 10 K, whatever it is for what you um, want. And you know, the mindset piece is really, really important. What I find so often is got to understand subconsciously what's keeping you stuck. I have to say so many people I've worked with are keeping on the weight because they're scared of what they're, they want that life when I'm, when I weigh a certain way and I'm a certain way, but they also are scared of the things like maybe I would, the weight is insulating them. So maybe I would have to start dating again. I can't use my weight as an excuse or traveling. Like, okay, if I, if I love my body and felt good about myself, I would do all of these things, but I'm actually scared of the intimacy. I'm yeah. scared of the traveling. I'm scared of having more confidence at work and asking for that raise or that promotion. Do you find that like a lot of people are actually, they want what's on the other side of the transformation, but they're actually scared of that thing subconsciously. It, so they keep sabotaging themselves. It brings me to that old saying. Do you remember that saying D the devil, you know, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, you know, it, it's your comfort zone. That's where you're at. You've created an identity of being a certain size. That's who you are. And reworking your entire identity, first of all, is scary. Um, and it's, you know, also we have to deal with the fact that there's people around us. And if you level up your life, it freaks people out around you, you know? So they are like, they're going to sometimes sabotage you or not help you. And, you know, you want to surround yourself with, um, people who support you and love you. And this is again, why I love the internet and everything we have like Instagram and everything else, because you can find the sources. What are you feeding yourself? Not just what food are you putting in your mouth that needs to be full of self-love nutrients that are serving you, but also what are you reading? What are you watching on TV? What are you filling yourself with so that you can really find and rework your identity as who you are? And you know, the other thing too, I think so many people, and I know you relate to this, Ellen, so many people come to me because they want to lose weight, but I'm telling you what they really are saying to me is I want to be 
happy. And people are connecting happiness with being a certain size. I know a lot of skinny, pretty, miserable, freaking people. So I'm just telling you, it is not connected. And, and you hungry know, too. And hungry <laughs> and mad, right? So like we have to realize that what you really are seeking is happiness. And happiness is an inside job. It's not going to come magically with a size. Um, and happiness, I love that you work on that so much, Ellen, in terms of like, loving your life where you're at right now, loving your age where you're at right now, loving this season of life, right? Because that's where the happiness is in gratitude and appreciation and being present and not letting these um, exterior things that really honestly don't matter have weight on your life, uh, weight really yeah. mentally, physically, right? And when you can start releasing that, you know, as you said earlier, I, I love to say losing weight is just a happy byproduct of loving your body and living healthy. Um, that's just kind of how that all works. I don't know where I went on that tangent, but no, here no, I that's a, it's a great tangent. The happiness is that's what we really want. We want that happiness and we want that joy. We want that love. But when we're getting there too, such an important piece is self-worth. If you are listening, please, if you get anything from this podcast today, this episode is you are worthy because when we don't feel worthy, then we get into that self-sabotage. We don't face our fears and we stay really stuck. And our brain's not helping us because our brains were programmed to keep us safe. And our brains evolved tens of thousands of years ago where, yeah, if you had a gas station mini mart, that would have been a great thing where people, where food was scarce. I mean, we have something ridiculous, like seven, 8,000 calories available for every single person, you know, in, in the States. Like we have so much food available that is super high in sugar, fat, and salt that's super palatable. And so we really have to retrain our taste buds because we are, you know, craving those things. So I want to touch a little bit um, about emotional eating, because that's another thing I find is a huge factor for people, for women, particularly at midlife, because foods are crutch. When we are stressed out, we want that alcohol. I can have to tell you, you know, almost every single woman who comes to me for support, who wants to transform their bodies, their eating habits, their lives, is like, you know what, seven o'clock comes and I am just, I can't stop myself from having that glass of Chardonnay and starting that cheddar party with, you know, with the, the crackers. And it's not like, as you were saying, it's not that you can't have a glass of wine and have some cheese and crackers, but that becomes what you're looking for to help you manage the stress. And so my way of helping women is learning how to really support your emotions. So, you know, the wine and the cheese and the crackers, it's going to temporarily distract you and you might feel better for that, you know, 30 minutes or so where you're engaged in that activity, but then you're stuck with, I still have the things that are stressing me out. And that, right. that wasn't a way that, you know, glass of a glass of wine and in some, you know, potato chips is not a way to reduce your stress. So you have to realize that I'm going to have to do some serious work around this, the self-care, which goes back to this umbrella of self-love and self-compassion and really find out what do I need? Maybe I need to hire a coach. I need to get support. Or I need to get some therapy. I need to do some deep dive and, and break up with emotional eating. And we all eat emotionally. Like I've done a show on that. We all eat, you know, when we're happy, when we're sad, it's part of life. But if you're looking to food to help you manage your stress. That's not what food was intended to do. So I think a lot of women, that's the emotional eating is a crutch that they just, they, they want to let it go, but they also don't want to let it go. Do you find that? And how do you help people deal with the emotional eating piece? Yes. And, you know, so first of all, I, I think that is so valid, right? And, um, you know, it's too layered to even be able to dissect. It's it, it from day one, your or your first birthday, the first thing they do is they emotionally give you a cake, right? That's your reward. That's cake. So we're taught that for me, 56 years. I'm not going to completely undo that. So here's two things that I really love working with women on for that. One is to minimize it, right? So for me, the wine used to be the gateway. 
right? It wasn't the just the one or even two glasses of wine. It was after that, that opened the gates to the nachos, the pizza, the, you know, derailment. That was the the really self-sabotage place that I would be in, right? So um, it, if you can say, all right, I'm going to have a glass of wine, that is okay. And you can do that. But you have to, as I say, pick your poison, right? And, and not that it's poison, but you kind of, I usually use plan to party, right? So you're going to choose the one thing that you're going to have, but that means the rest of it is going to be on point. The rest of it is going to be making good, healthy choices that feed your body. Right. So you're not you're decided I'm not going to totally go into this binge area that is really self-sabotage and horrible for me physically and emotionally. The other thing that really works for me, because as much as I love wine, we can never, ladies, ever get results if we don't find discipline. And we have to understand that that is just a part of it. If you want to live a healthy life and understand that the discipline of managing certain habits, right? So that's another thing I always say to myself is that it's a habit. It is, that is all it is. Yes, it's an emotional eating, but this is my habit that it's connected to, right? So there are times when I will say to myself, all right, Kat, it's gotten a little out of hand. It is time to knock alcohol out. For a little while, first of all, I want to make sure that it's not a crutch that I can't control, number one. Number two, there are times when I just want my body to get back in shape and feeling really great. And that means I need to take alcohol out for a little while. And so when I do that, I can do what I what I help everyone see as a replacement, right? So what is going to replace that habit in a new, healthier way? Maybe it's hot tea that works for me a lot. Um, I have a protein shake that I have in the afternoon that helps with that craving. So there's certain things that I will do that will replace that. Maybe it's um, cucumbers and hummus. And I help everyone find that that replacement for it. And that is okay. And that's, and it's not for life, you know, but I just know that for that week, two weeks, or if I'm doing a four week, whatever it is, that that's the plan. So replacement and minimizing those habits of self-sabotage and emotional eating, those really help my, my clients a lot. Yeah. There's so many good suggestions. I mean, I'm, I'm big, this is my summer of mocktails. I just find I don't and it's a lot of men like women don't metabolize alcohol the yes. way we did. I don't enjoy it anymore. I get, yeah, I go right to headaches. It makes me feel yep. terrible. I want it to be the way it used to be, but it's just not. So this is the summer, but I, I like having that drink. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of like wonderful iced teas with a little bit of like seltzer and maybe a little, I make my own kombucha. And so making yourself some kind of mocktail is great. And I want to pick up a couple of things you said, which are so key is um, discipline and, and, you know, and habit management. I want to say right here, right now, willpower does not work. The research really shows is when it, you, um, when you deprive your, when you're trying to diet, when you have low calories, willpower goes out the door. It doesn't even matter, you know, whatever it is, if it's food or other, other habits you're trying to change, willpower just does not work. You really need skill power. So doing things too, like if you're going to go to a restaurant, you're going to have a cocktail, look at the menu before you get there. Because what happens with alcohol is twofold. Your inhibitions go down. So you're going to be like, I want the fried chicken platter, you know, full steak fries and cheesecake, right? And your blood sugar goes down. And so your appetite's going to increase. You're going to, you know, all bets are going to be up. If you look at that menu at, let's say, one o'clock in the afternoon after you've had like lunch or a snack and you're like, okay, I'm going to have the the salad with the shrimp cocktail because I really like it. And I really want to have the, that brownie sundae that I'm going to split with my partner because I love the brownie sundae and I'm going to enjoy the first and last bite. I'm going to have that cocktail I really enjoy. You got your game plan. You can go, you can be not stressed out. And also I think a big fear of a lot of people is they think, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my friends because I'm not going to be able to, you know, go to those, the parties, the summer barbecues and all of those things. So you bring a healthy dish. And if people give you a hard time, it's about them. It's not about you picking up on something you said earlier, Kat, you might lose some friends, but they're not really your friends. People who are there, you know, they're feeling really guilty and bad because they're not moving in the direction that you are. You're becoming that butterfly. They want to see you as the caterpillar because they're still caterpillars. And they're like, I'm still eating leaves. I'm still here. Aren't you here with me? And you're like, no, I am not. I don't want to go there, which is why it's wonderful to have 
people who can motivate you. So let's, let's just talk real quickly. If people want to work with you, Kat, I know that you have a fantastic group where people can get everything from products that can support them to your wonderful coaching. Where do people reach out um, for you? Besides, we said the internet, which I'm sorry, the uh, Instagram, which is Kat Napolitano, which is in the show notes, but it's K-A-T underscore N-A-P-O-L-I T-A-N-O, Kat Napolitano. That's it. It's the Italian name. Yes. And then the other, my website is um, Kat Napolitano as well. So if you go to Kat Napolitano, you'll find it. Or also my other website is Love Size Me. Um, and I love the name of my company. It's Love Size Me because I really am about empowering people to love the size where you're at right here, right now, and then continue to work on yourself as we go. So yes, those are the best places to find me. And on Instagram, I am constantly putting up a link where you can fill out a form really quick and jump in my group. So, and you're so fun. I mean, I think the thing that, that I love about you is that you are real. You're not I, putting on some masks. I, I saw your post today. You're like, I came back from Greece. I had a great time. This is where I'm at now. I'm doing a three-day reset, jump on board. I'm here for you. It's all about, it's kind of a tough love, right? I mean, you hold people accountable. You're, you're telling the truth. You're not giving people this, you know, lose 20 pounds in two days by eating chocolate. It's like, no, it's hard work, but I'm here to hold you. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, and I think we said this earlier, you learn to love the work and, you know, you start enjoying, I call it the turning point. There is a point when you are on your fitness and nutrition, starting is the hardest part. That's why you need a group community support and, and making sure that you're finding those people. Right. But then what happens is this miraculous place that I call the turning point where you actually believe it or not, want to work out and move your body more than you don't. And you actually want to eat the healthy food more than you don't. I know some of your heads just like exploded <laughs> because I really thought I would never get there. I really thought that there would never be a time where I would want healthy food. Um, you can put right now any kind of fried food or anything in front of me. And it's not that I'm depriving myself. It's not that I'm saying I can't have it. I literally am saying to myself, you can have whatever you want today. And I want the healthy food. So that does start happening. And again, it doesn't just happen one time and that's it for life. You have to continually work on that with motivation and support. But it, it is a great place. You you take back your strength. You take back your power. You start working towards um, such a positive, healthy lifestyle of mindset of health, which is the most important. Yeah, as my, my man says, nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. Yeah. And you start to crave those healthy good. foods because you feel so incredibly good. Like I feel, I don't know, we both have amazing energy, right? I mean, my secret is, is the mindset piece is super important. Starting your day with your intentions, you know, certainly doing the meal planning, having the food on hand, scheduling time to exercise. But I mean, again, I love to move my body. Like this morning, I just went on a romp. I live, you know, in this great island in Vermont. Um, we live on 10 acres and there's all of this land to romp around with the deer. And I just take my border collie and she did her thing chasing. A, she's been really after chasing turkeys these days. And it's like, Rosie, really? Squirrels and turkeys just got to get those turkeys now. Um, anyway, but it's fun. You know, it's beautiful out in the winter. I either I'm in Costa Rica and I'm snorkeling. I mean, I'll snorkel three, four hours and it's not, I'm not thinking I'm having to work it. I'm thinking I'm swimming with the fishes in the right, the right way. Right. Or I'm going cross country skiing or I'm riding my bike. I mean, it's just feels so good to be healthy. Um, and no matter what you're facing, I, I'm here to say, you know, I'm almost done with my breast cancer treatments and, um, that didn't stop me. I'm in, you know, fantastic shape. It'll help you bounce back through anything you're going in, going through. You have a clearer mindset, but you will get to that point where you just don't want those things. Not because you can't have them, because you just don't like the way that you feel after you have like, where I live, it's poutine. This is like French fries drenched in like gravy and cheese. And that's kind of like the, you know, the scariest like double deep fried donut kind of thing. But you don't want that stuff because your gut's not going to want it anymore. Your body's not going to want it anymore, or you have just like a small bite of it just to taste it. So a couple quick questions before we, um, before we end our beautiful conversation, uh, what would you tell your younger self? So what would you tell like your, you know, that, that 26 year old who was like the cheerleader on the dance floor doing all this stuff? What would you tell your younger self? 
You know, I think that's such a hard question because first of all, I'd just like to tell you, you're a badass. Like <laughs> step in, you know, and, and I think a lot of us look back and just stop worrying about what everyone else thinks. You really just need to let go of what everyone else thinks and, and just love yourself right here where you're at. I, I know so many of us look back to our old bodies and we are like, back then we were like, I'm so fat. And, and you're like, what were you doing? You know, like, why were you thinking that? And just to find that self-love, you know, um, that took me until later in my life. I'm just grateful. I found that place, but, um, to do that earlier, I think would be so empowering. Yeah. I love that. Cause I do, I have to say at this point in my life, and I love that there's so many midlife women are showing themselves because I feel like a badass. I really do. And I think the last couple of years of going through, you know, my health issues, divorce, all of those things, empty nest, all of that stuff. And like coming out the other end and actually using this chrysalis period to really create a life that feels so beautiful and so fun and being able to make a difference in the world. I do. I feel that way. So I love that you'd say, I I said that to my younger self too, who is so self-conscious, so concerned with all these things is like, go be a badass and enjoy your life. So how are you rocking your midlife? I mean, cause you are, you are traveling, you are like doing the exercise videos. You're like dancing on Instagram. You've got a great business. How are you rocking your midlife? If someone's listening, how would you tell them so they can rock their midlife too? Well, I think the most important thing is to start with the self-love component. You know, that's why I'm always in that. And if, you know, everyone focuses on, let me focus on, you know, the diet. Let me focus on the workouts. Let me focus on the, you know, busyness. What I really think you need to focus on is the self-love component. Because if you dial that part in, the rest of it starts coming along. It it becomes easier to do the fitness. It's easier to do the nutrition. and you get excited about life. Like start loving where you're at right now. Don't wait. This is it. We get one go. Let's make it amazing. Dive in right now. Decide today to be so freaking happy to love your body right here, right now so much that you can't wait to do tomorrow. Like start there. That's where we start. That's not where we end. It's where we start right here. Yeah, that is so beautiful. I'm just listening to you and seeing you. I'm like, yes, I want to play with you. I want to hang out when you come into Vermont or Costa Rica so we can like (laughs) do those videos and things like that. But I want to say if you're, if this whole idea about self-love, you feel really stymied, I tell people start with this, this concept of self-compassion, because I feel like it's kind of the how of self-love where it's a concrete thing. Like we said, the mindset's going to the gym. Self-compassion is going to the gym. It's a skill that you can learn. And it's essentially treating yourself the way you would a good friend. So like you wouldn't talk to your friends the way you talk to your body or talk to yourself. So you've got to watch that self-talk. So you are kind rather than critical or judgmental. When you hear the judgmental voice, know that that self-critic is trying to support you. That self-critic is something that we developed when we were kids because our, you know, our parents, if we didn't follow what our caregivers, our teachers said, we would not be loved. We would not be taken care of. So we internalize that voice, but it's like, okay, I hear you self-critic. Thank you very much. I'm going to be working on this kinder voice. Think about if I was going through a friend who was like doing this, how would I talk to her? How would I treat her? And then treat yourself the same way. Know that we are imperfect beings. Even those models, those people we see, everybody's got an imperfect body, whatever that even means, a perfect body. Get away from this whole idea even of perfection. We are imperfect beings. We all fail. We all make mistakes. If you're going to step outside your comfort zone, if you are going to you know, join Cat's program, work with me, you're going to make mistakes. And that's totally fine. That is how we learn. That is how we grow. The big danger is staying in your comfort zone because if you stay in your comfort zone, you're going to stay stuck and you're not loving yourself. So you have to just like, again, work on that fear because your brain doesn't want you to be happy. It just wants you to be safe. So the comfort zone is safe. So you've got to step out, but you can just step out in a little way. You can decide, okay, I'm going to work on this one thing. Maybe I'm just going to buy myself some sneakers and, or I'm going to get myself a dog. I'm going to go to the pet finder, right? It's the best way to get in shape. And I'm going to get a cute puppy and I'm going to walk that dog every day or whatever. I'm going to call a friend, get an accountability buddy, contact me, contact cat, get some help. But know that you don't need to be perfect. It's about, it's about done. It's about the journey. And the final piece is being mindful when you notice that you are struggling. You're not like, oh my God, this shouldn't be happening. Or I made a mistake. You're like, no, what do I need right now? And it's not food. It's not, food, <laughs> but it is, but that walk, you know, there's so much research that movement and we're both here. We're both dancers. I, I love, we both love to move. Yes, movement is 
so great for you. I mean, everything from the bone density to the body composition, the mental health piece, all of those things, move your body, just go out, take a walk, get on that bike, grab that hula hoop, you know, borrow a friend's dog or just move your body. And I think sometimes it's so much easier to start with the movement than it is with the eating because it's not quite as complicated. There aren't as many facets and all of us can find 15, 20 minutes to just go take a walk. Would you agree? And I love that. And also moving not to be skinny, but moving to feel good. You know, if you really healthy. Yeah. And be healthy. And when you take that whole image out, it is amazing how much easier it is to move. It's all the stigma goes away. All this pressure goes away. And now you just get to enjoy the movement, whatever it is that you choose to do. You know, what filled your heart with joy when you were younger? Try that again. Why not? Or try something completely new belly dancing. You know, there's so many different things that you could try. Sign up for a crazy class, you know, and just go for it and have fun. That's really find joy in the movement for sure, because it's amazing. And I know you get this too, Ellen. You, what you give to movement, you will get tenfold back. It is amazing. You know, the endorphins, the, the, how your body feels getting that blood pumping through your body. It just is a game changer. It's a game changer. Go do goat yoga. Have you seen goat yoga, whatever goat that yoga. is? Yeah. Goat yoga. Do some do something crazy, do something fun. And, or or decide to book yourself a trip. That's like a fitness trip. So you get in shape. That's always a great thing. Or again, reach out to Kat. Again, her the best place to find her, go to Instagram. It's Kat Napolitano. It's N-A-P-O-L-I-T-N-O. Reach out to me, the Midlife Whisperer. And if you have enjoyed today's show, please leave me a review. Let me know the kind of guests you'd like to hear. I would love to know what you are struggling with. I am here to support you. So Kat, thank you so much. It was such a joy. We'll have to have to do some more uh, collaborating. Always. Thank you so much, Ellen. You know, I adore you. You're amazing. Thank you. My pleasure. And I hope to see you soon in either Vermont or Costa Rica. And thank you all so much for listening. Um, I hope that you got inspired today and go out there, take that walk, put that apple in your bag, carry those almonds with you, drink your water. You know all the things you need to do and don't let the fear and guilt hold you back and, and don't sabotage yourself because as Kat was saying, life, we are here to enjoy life and it is a blast and midlife is really the time to transform yourself. So thanks so much for watching and we'll catch you next week. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks.